and welcome back to another episode of Books, Fights, Booze, the podcast. If you're new here, I'm Madison. Hey, I'm Alexis. Welcome back to another episode. In this episode, we are jumping into our discussion on Breathless by Amy McCulloch. We also have some blue cocktails for you. I think we both did a blue cocktail, didn't we? Yes, we're very on theme. We're putting in that extra effort. Yeah, because like this, we're reading like a book about in like a cold climate during summer. So I'm really going off like the cover of the book and trying to like match the blue drink. Yes, and I had like a whole thing set up. Like I actually Snapchatted Madison and I was like, I'm going to make an Instagram reel with a recipe video with my drink. And that still is going to happen. But um. I invited like a bunch of people over to make the drink, you know, like make it a fun little hangout session. And we were all just like hanging out, making a cocktail, making some Instagram reels. It looks terrible. I just I can't post it. (laughs) I feel that way every time I try to make a reel. Like I feel like it's awful. It's terrible. And like I think, oh my God, this is going to be so cute. Like other people do it and it's freaking awful every time. It's horrible. And like the content itself is cute, but where I went wrong was everybody being in there made it take so long and the lighting at the beginning of the video and the lighting at the end of the video are two completely different things. So I'm going to redo it and then we'll (laughs) post it. But we're still going to give you the recipes today obviously yes yes what have you been up to in the last couple weeks I'm finishing up my summer semester of school I have three classes left I feel like I have been saying that for so long like I'm almost done but I'm in the last year I'm ready yes educated we love it (laughs) um so I really want to do a trip down to Gainesville like we should go down to Gainesville for a weekend and go let me experience being a Florida student because I don't live there you know yeah like Go to a football game, go to a bar, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we can just pick a game and go see it. For sure. Yes, what have you been up to? You guys have been closing on your house. You've got it. Like, what's it like being a homeowner? Yeah, so (laughs) we've gotten, like, some new furniture. I think I talked in the last couple episodes that we, like, redid our half bathroom. So we're starting to, like, make some changes little by little. But, yeah, that's, like, really it there hasn't been very much we've planned a beach trip that's coming up in august that we're excited about and that's really it at the moment so nothing too crazy in the last couple weeks yeah i've been trying to go to the pool a little bit more like actually act like it's summer because i feel like all i've been doing is working And I'll have a period of like a week where all I do is go outside, go hiking, go do fun things. And then I'll spend a week just working and sleeping, nothing else. That's exactly how I feel. But I've really been enjoying reading this book. Like this book I took to the pool the last time that I went. And it's a page turner, Madison. Are you ready to jump into this discussion? We Let's talk about drinks. Let's like, I'm ready to do the thing. Okay, yeah, let's go. So what are you drinking this week? So I am drinking a Jack Frost winter cocktail on the rocks. You can do it on the rocks or frozen, either one. But I did it on the rocks just because, you know, 
when I was trying to make my Instagram reels, it was a little prettier for the camera, but you can do it either way. You're going to need two ounces of coconut rum, two ounces of coconut water, one ounce of blue curacao, coconut flakes for rimming the glass, corn syrup for rimming the glass, and obviously ice. So you're going to rim the glass with the corn syrup and then dip that rim into the coconut flakes, fill the glass with ice. You're going to add coconut rim and blue curacao and then top it off with the coconut water. And it's honestly the easiest thing in the entire world. Like that's it. You just combine all those little ingredients and enjoy a nice, beautiful cocktail. I love the blue curacao in it because once you add the rum and the water, like it just looks like a clear drink, but that blue curacao gives it a bright blue flavor. It's it's really pretty. Cool. Okay, so our drinks out are super similar, but mine <laughs> is a, it's actually called a frozen chi-chi cocktail. You need two ounces of vodka, half an ounce of blue curacao, half an ounce of cream of coconut, half a cup of cubed pineapple, a scoop of vanilla ice cream, half a cup of crushed ice, and a pineapple wedge for the garnish. And all you do is literally put all of your ingredients into a blender, blend it up, and pour into a chilled margarita or a highball glass or whatever kind of glass that you like. And then you garnish with a pineapple wedge. So mine throws in the frozenness for, I guess, to go with Breathless a little bit because it's so cold there. But then also yeah. for summer because I think it would be a really, like, refreshing and chill drink. So there you go. No, I love it. And I love how in sync we are because Madison and I had pretty much the same exact recipes for drinks and for food this week. So we switched it up a little bit, but I love it. Both of our drinks complement each other. It's like so not planned. We just have the same thinking process. <laughs> we have the same no, taste. We're on the same. Exactly. <laughs> we both enjoy the finer things in life. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to jump into our discussion on Breathless. Yeah, like you said, Alexis, I am loving this. It's such like a page turner and a really, really quick read. I think this is the fastest I've ever read one of our books. And every time we read a book, I say that, but I just could not put it down whenever I was at the pool. I read all of it in one sitting. Well, our half that we're yeah. reading. I read all of it in one sitting. To start, do we want to kind of introduce our characters and kind of talk about who they are and what we think of them so far? Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and introduce our main characters. Okay, so we have Cicely Wong. She's a journalist. She's writing a story on a legend of a mountaineer. She has a Chinese background and um, she is... I guess what you would say, like an amateur mountaineer, maybe. Um, like she's done it a couple times, but she's never completed an exhibit, correct? I For think a summit. so. Um, she went on, yeah, she hadn't summited before. Um, on her last expedition, she got about halfway up, and then uh, I can't remember exactly what happened, but she got stuck she started panicking a little bit and she had to come back down and then that kind of caused some tension between her and her boyfriend at the time but it was able like she was able to go forward and write an article about it called failure to rise and that really jump-started her career as an adventure journalist you know and that 
again, caused some tension between her and her boyfriend because he is also an adventure journalist. But yeah, she has a really interesting history with writing and being outside in the outdoors and how she ended up on this expedition that the book is about. Then we have Charles McVeigh, who the story that Cicely is writing is based on. He's highly accomplished, a very well-known, very experienced mountaineer. We don't really see him very much in the first half of the book. Yeah, have we seen him at all? I think like I at the very beginning when she when they like separated and she went to the van to like take up to camp, but I think that was like Yeah, and they said We've had one scene with him uh, yeah. so far basically. So we're hearing a lot about Charles McVeigh, but we haven't actually seen very much of him at all in the first half of the book. Yeah, he is the one that read Cicely's article called Failure to Rise. And so he came up and approached her and picked her, like handpicked her for this mission when he didn't choose her boyfriend, who is like the well-known journalist. You know, that's what really caused them to break up. And he is you know, doing this mission about clean air, you know, he's hiking these mountains without any help of additional oxygen. And he chose Cicely to kind of write about this summit and about what he's doing so far. And she has a lot of people to prove wrong. (laughs) Yes, yes, she does. And I honestly feel pretty sympathetic with Cicely because I've never been mountain climbing. Like I've never done anything like that. The most experience I have with climbing is the rock wall at South Alabama's (laughs) rec center. Like that is it. (laughs) And I couldn't even rappel back down because I freaked out and I had to climb back down. (laughs) This stuff is super interesting to read about. I've even watched like a couple of competition shows and stuff like where they're out in nature and they're competing in teams and I can't remember the name of it but it was on like Amazon Prime and it was super cool so it's super interesting so basically yeah we know a lot about mountain climbing and we're probably just gonna mess up a bunch of words like I've had to google everything (laughs) like all of the words that they've been using I've just had to google (laughs) yeah so if we mess anything up we're like we're not very experienced ourselves bear with us We're learning as we read. So then we have Doug Manners. He is the leader of their exhibition. He is also really experienced. He used to work for one of the competing teams that's there. So he is kind of coaching Cicely through this whole thing, getting her prepared. We see a lot of Doug. I don't really know what I think about Doug so far. He's definitely shown like an angry outburst at dinner and he's just kind of like this grumpy old man. (laughs) Yeah, he is kind of in place of Charles right now. Like he is leading the exhibition instead of Charles while he's away. He is in charge of all these people that Charles has put together for a team. And I think that he's just kind of angry in general. Um, As we keep reading, it seems like Doug isn't happy that he got fired from his last team and that he's had to kind of go off and create his own company. And he 
is leading this team of people that he does not think is qualified. I think that he knows this team is about to have some serious problems and he's just angry about it. I mean, I don't know. Doug is like sketchy at some points for me. And then like some points I'm like, "Eh, okay, maybe he like actually is a good guy. I don't know. I just, I can't decide yet what I actually think about him. I feel like he's, he means well, like he wants everyone to be safe. He wants the team to be like climbing at the right speed and he wants everyone to be healthy. And like, he's really, really strict. He's like a strict dad, but then at the same time he has moments where he's just sketchy and angry. So then we have Mingma, who is the head god, 15 time Everest summiteer, very qualified. We don't actually see any dialogue as far as I remember. Um, so far, so he's just kind of in the background and kind of Doug's right hand man, right? Yeah, he's he's just helping the team get up the mountain. I feel like we're gonna see a lot more of him as we get onto yeah. the mountain itself. Okay, so then we have Elise, who oh my gosh, I'm loving my. I think she's my Love. favorite character so far. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, she's an influencer. She wears bright colors and jewelry, makeup has a very impressive mountaineering resume. She is obviously, you know, in a male dominated field. She's definitely trying to make her name and doing it her own way. Like that's just what I like so much about Elisa. She doesn't really care what anybody thinks. Exactly. And I loved the the dialogue in the middle of the book where we are. I think it was in chapter 27 when we stopped she was talking with uh, Sicily and she was like, you know, this was a male dominated field and everyone was using lines and oxygen and everything just like normal. And then as soon as women entered the scene, suddenly it wasn't enough for men to just be climbing a mountain. They had to do it Alpine style with no help, no oxygen. And like, we just love a feminist social media influencing queen. Yeah, like, go um, off, I'm loving her. And then um, we have Grant, who is the photographer, filmmaker, has a lot of equipment with him, and he is also super sketchy, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. Like, right now, he's the killer. There's no way it's anyone else. I feel like yeah, like it's him. But at the same time, I feel like we're supposed to think it's Too him, obvious. so it makes me yeah. think he's not. Yeah, but yeah, he's super sketchy. And then last on the team, we have Zach, who is the CEO of a tech company who is basically using Charles as kind of a sponsor. And he's kind of using this new equipment on their summit. Yeah, I keep getting Zach and Grant confused because both of them have these like really high tech gadgets, yeah. but Grant is like the cinematographer. And then Zach is more of the one who has these gadgets to help them acclimate faster and like track their heart rate and that kind of yeah. stuff. But I keep getting them mixed yeah. up. Those are really our main characters. That is the group, Charles McVeigh's group and uh, Cicely's group that they are going up the mountain with. It's definitely an interesting group. Um, I kind of like what you said about Doug knowing that like they're all not very experienced except for Elise. I, I just don't think the outcome is going to be very great for some of them. I'm ready for Charles to be in the group because I want to know what his goal is because he put together a team of not very qualified individuals except for Elise. And then he's like, 
let's go ahead and climb one of the hardest mountains in the world. Yeah, you know? I totally agree. Okay, so we have a lot to kind of cover in this first half. I would say that like the suspense and the action kind of got kicked off really quickly in this book, which I love. I love that. Yes, it's very um, intense. Also, we have really short chapters, which you know I'm a huge fan of. <laughs> yes, it makes it easy to like pick it up and put it back down. Yes, it does. Um, okay, so yeah, like we talked about, we have Cicely doing this, covering this story on Charles McVeigh. Um, I think she is kind of like came to prove so much to not only her ex-boyfriend, but like her boss and her mom and her family. You know, she has a lot to kind of prove to herself. She's putting like a lot of a lot of strain on herself right now to kind of like come out at the end with this story and completing her first summit. Yeah, because the stipulation is that Charles won't give her an interview unless she summits. So she has to finish. If she taps out, then she doesn't get it. Right. So there's a lot kind of on the line here. The action kind of gets started when the first guy is murdered at camp. Even though everyone at this point is saying that it was a bad accident. I mean, it just um, wouldn't be a thriller if people didn't believe there was a murder going on. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, Elaine tripped and fell, tripped and slipped on a rock is what everybody was saying. He had head trauma. And Cicely was the last person to see him alive. Right. So, obviously, she gets a little distracted, starts looking into this. Because Elaine was actually there to summit for his friend Pierre, who died on another mountain. But Elaine believed that Pierre had kind of been murdered. Yeah, he was basically doing this as like a way to honor Pierre. Put up a flag for Pierre up on this one to kind of, you know, pay tribute since nobody really knows what happened. And he kind of wants to start asking questions. Yeah, so that is kind of, I guess, why it makes it so sketchy. Because as soon as Elaine started asking questions was kind of when he died. So, yeah. And Cicely being the last person to see him obviously really, like, piqued her interest. Because she was had been there, like, right after. Yeah. So, or right before it happened. Yeah, Cicely was hiking away from the camp and went to go look at the... It was, like, these pools, um, like, the little lake and... It was like a little garden or something. So she walked away from camp, was just enjoying the sights to clear her mind. Elaine went over there to talk to her. They were having a good conversation, you know, conversation. And she's leaving. Grant's drone or somebody's drone flies overhead. You know, she sees it, walks away. And then the next thing you know, Elaine is being found dead. So one, that's sketchy that the drone was there. Makes me think Grant saw more than he's letting on. Two, like somebody else had to be there. You know, like somebody was watching her and Elaine have this conversation. Yeah. And like the sketchy whistle that she heard that like sent chills down my arms. I hate like, the, whistling. the whistle was freaky. Yeah. Is, that was she really She keeps freaky. hearing it. Like it's somebody that I think that somebody in their group is the one that's whistling. I just I don't I don't know what to think because there's so many different areas of tension and like so many different things that could be like could lead to the person like we have the red tent that was off to the side we have elaine's murder we have a re the boot print yes the footprint okay let's just let's just break it down so let's talk about the tent off the off to the side that she found yeah so she's in her tent i think it was like that first night that they had made it up to camp 
and their group was kind of stationed, you know, kind of like back behind a little bit, kind of like further back than any other group. So they had a little bit of a drop off back behind where Cicely's tent was, I guess is kind of how they described it. And she hears whistling, comes out of her tent and sees a man standing there. I think she initially thought that it was Grant, if I'm not mistaken. She thought that it was Grant or maybe it was Zach, somebody from her team. Yeah, I think it was Grant. As she pursues him, he kind of jumps down and she follows him very quietly and sees him in like this old red tent. And it was kind of had like litter and stuff in it. And it it wasn't like a new tent. It didn't look like a tent that was being used by another team yeah like it was not one of the people who was about to go climb up the mountain as part of a team it was just like a random person who was camping on the side trying to stay out of sight right she tells doug about it she runs and she's like hey like there's a tent over here let's let me go show you like somebody's being creepy and doing sketchy shit runs over tent's gone nothing's there doug doesn't believe her she looks like an idiot and so doug's like you know you are not focused like you need to get it together i know that elaine's death was really hard on you but you are about to climb one of the hardest mountains in the world and if you continue to show that you're not focused and you're like looking at all these other things and investigating this other stuff i'm not going to let you climb the mountain so cicely kind of has to let it go because the whole point of her being there is to interview charles yeah yeah like she has a ton on her mind right now like just not even including the summit or the expedition at all exactly and then also when they go to like investigate where the tent was she finds that bottle cap yeah so i'm wondering if that is going to like be the key that where how she figures out who it is maybe i don't know i don't know if it was just like a way for us to know that okay there was someone there like she's not making it up or if it's gonna come back to play yeah i don't know why that stuck out so much to me but it did so yes We also see, like, how dangerous the mountain is. Like, they talk about how 15 people have died in the past year on the mountain. That's just crazy. So, like, not only are they fighting the natural elements, but now Sicily kind of believes that they're fighting a killer as well, or that they're going to be fighting a killer. Yeah. And so we have Elaine who died, and then... We have the tent, and then they climb up. Let's talk about... Ooh, we haven't talked about her boyfriend, James, is his name, correct? James. And then his friend, Ben, is up on the mountain as well with another team. So he kind of throws her off being there. She's not expecting to see him. And he ends up... He's trying to snag her story. He's trying to write a different angle. And so... She's like trying to beat him to this story that she was given. She hops online, talks to her boss. Her boss is pissed because Ben has posted about it already. And Cicely hasn't even given her a single interview with Charles yet. It's very weird. Like, I feel like the Ben character is so sketchy. He's already been kicked off the mountain for not being able to pay his dues, right? Yeah, yeah, he... So he wasn't there, like, very long. But, yeah, I still feel like he's made an impact in, like, the few chapters that he actually was in. Yeah, and I'm wondering if there's going to be more from that because I feel like it was such a blip on the radar. Like, he was only in it for a few chapters because he came up to the mountain, had all of his gear, had everything ready to go, 
got part of the story and then was kicked off. Now let's kind of talk about the kind of stigma and rumors that are surrounding Charles. Let's do it. Let's dive in. Okay. So, like, we haven't gotten to see Charles a lot. We've talked about that. But what we're hearing is that there are a ton of people that believe that, you know, he hasn't completed this mission, that he actually is, you know, using the fixed ropes. Um, You know, he is using oxygen or he's just saying that he's not, but that there has been reports of people reportedly seeing him using fixed ropes. Yes. So now it's calling into question, like, is he bringing in inexperienced people so that they don't realize it when he is cheating? Is he staying away from the team as much so that he can, you know, I mean, cheat, you know, like that's the, that's the big question. And so it's this huge divide because everyone who loves Charles loves him. Like they're obviously following him up the side of the mountain. Like they believe he is 100% honest and clean and everything. And then the other half of it is like, no, this man is absolutely lying to everyone. He's a cheat. He's dishonest. So there's a there's yeah. a huge discrepancy there. Can we also just talk about how so many of Charles' teammates have gotten injured or killed? Which is so wild. Like they have unfortunate accidents or when they started talking about that, I was like, wow. These are all people that are kind of linked to Charles. I'm kind of starting to think that he might be kind of the main guy in this whole thing. Ooh, interesting theory. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because, like, I'm honestly, that's one of my only complaints so far is that I'm getting confused. Like, I feel like I have to have, you know, like in detective films, how they have like the big cork board with the red tape. Like, that's what I feel like I need with this book with all the characters. (laughs) Yeah, there's so many different directions that it could go. Like we kind of said, like, you know, Doug's character's been a little sketchy here and there. Grant's been a little sketchy. I personally think Charles is sketchy, even though we haven't even interacted with him much yet. Yes. And then I also have a theory that even though I love Elise and I really am loving her character, I think something bad is going to happen to her. I feel like she's going to be the hardest to kill and she's going to die gruesomely. If that's a word, she's going to die in a really yeah. gruesome way, which is so sad. Yeah. But I mean, she's the only one on the team who's at Charles's level besides Doug, you know, but she's the only one that's doing the challenge with no oxygen. She's the only one who's climbed like this before. I just think that she's yeah. going to have a really gruesome death. I think something bad is going to happen to her. Yeah. So. Um, I think we should talk about Irina. Yeah. So death number two. <laughs> Death number two was Irina. She was um, the member of another team who was actually hooking up with Grant, right? Yes. I think she was on the Russian team and they were heading up the mountain before Charles's team, actually. So, you know, they're seeing all these teams as they go through the different base camps, like they're at camps one, two, and three. You know, they're getting to know people from around the world and, at these stops, Irina and Grant hit it off. They're sleeping together, little drunken passion night. After that night, they go up to the next base camp and Elise wakes or not Elise, excuse me, Sicily wakes up in the middle of the night, has to pee after hearing the whistle. 
So she gets up and she's walking and she hears Grant and Irina arguing because Grant wants to redo their night of passion, have another little lovemaking session. And Irina's like, no, get the fuck away from me. Like, we're literally on the side of a mountain. I need to sleep. And Grant gets pissed. You know, Cicely goes about her way. And then the next day, the Russian team's moving out. She thinks Irina's going with them. Cicely and Elise are heading back down to the other base camp. And as Cicely jumps over the side, she finds Irina's dead body hanging from a rope. So, yeah, Grant did it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely didn't look like a fall to me. I don't really know. Um, I think we're going to find out in chapter 28. Actually, I kind of read a little bit ahead. And I do think we're going to kind of find out in chapter 28 if there's from her slipping or if something else kind of caused it and yeah i think they're gonna finally say like okay we have a problem and there's a murder you know they're gonna be like oh wait sicily were you right this whole time literally i think that's what doug's gonna say it's it's definitely starting to get pretty intense oh i totally forgot about the the man from the chinese team he fell off that same ridge and he got stuck in one of the deep what is it called Crevices, yeah, like the cracks. He got stuck, like, by his backpack. So scary. He was hanging, like, about to die. And they, I mean, Charles's team saved him. Like, Doug threw down a rope, and he had to detach himself from his backpack that was shoved in between the two sides of this deep crevice and had to pull himself up. But his backpack... I mean, it was gone. So that really sucks. You know, like it can happen that fast. You practice, you like you prep for months, one wrong step and you fall and all your gear's gone. Like all that money, all that time, all that effort, like you can't get it back on the mountain. You have to leave. Yeah. Crazy. But that was really, really intense. So I thought it was interesting that Irina died pretty much in that same spot. That is nuts. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see kind of how it ends. Um, I've kind of said a few of my predictions. Do you have any? I just feel like they're wrong because I feel like right now Grant's the one who did it, but that's too obvious. I do think that Elise is going to be one of the last deaths. I think that she's going to be... Like, I think that the yeah. murderer is not going to try and kill her until the end. Oh, gosh, I just don't know. Or maybe it's Elise. Who knows? Like, maybe she's just fooling us all. Like, maybe it's her because she's... I don't I don't. No. I, I have no ground for that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just shooting in the dark right now. I don't know. I would be shocked. I know. That'd that would be a plot twist. A crazy plot twist. Yeah. But... Okay. It's exciting. We'll see in part two of our discussion what happens. Okay, so Madison and I have just been so in sync this week. Um, Madison, tell me all about your recipe that you had for today. (laughs) Okay, so um, this is actually another home chef recipe that I kind of added a little bit of a twist on. Um, So this is sun-dried tomato chicken thigh pasta. You can make it with chicken thighs, which is what I'm given, but you can also make it with like boneless, skinless chicken breast, shrimp, steak, uh, whatever your kind of choice of meat or no meat at all. What you're going to need is olive oil, salt and pepper, two tablespoons of tomato puree, four garlic cloves, four fluid ounces of heavy cream, half an ounce of shredded Parmesan cheese, blackening seasoning, 
campanelle pasta or your favorite pasta it doesn't have to be campanelle this is just what was sent in my box so that's what i used you're also going to need two ounces of baby spinach i actually use like one ounce in mine i don't like a ton of like leafy spinach (laughs) in my pastas so i usually like cut the recommended amount in half um i do like spinach but i just don't like too much of it and then uh you're gonna need three tablespoons of sun-dried tomato pesto and then about half a cup of sun-dried tomatoes you can also do this without the sun-dried tomatoes and just do the sun-dried tomato pesto if you don't like um like chunks of tomato in your pasta like my boyfriend doesn't really like that but um if you just want to add a little extra sun-dried tomatoes in you can first you're going to cook your pasta while your pasta is cooking you're also going to reserve half a cup of your pasta water um so be sure to do that before you drain your noodles uh while that is cooking you're going to cook your chicken um on a non-stick pan over medium heat with about a tablespoon of olive oil um, until cooked all the way through. Once it's cooked, uh, add your garlic, your tomato puree, combine until your garlic is really fragrant, about 60 seconds. Um, Then you're going to add your heavy cream, your sun-dried tomato pesto, your sun-dried tomatoes, your reserved pasta water, some salt and pepper, And then stir that all together and bring it into a simmer. Once it's simmering, let it cook for about two minutes until it gets a little thicker. Add your spinach and cook until it's wilted all the way down. Then add your pasta, stir it all together. And as a very last step, top it with Parmesan cheese. And that's it. Yum. That sounds so good. (laughs) Yeah, like, it the, it was so, so, so good. Um, Obviously, like I said, my boyfriend's not a huge tomato person, but this was, like, the perfect amount, and, um, yeah, it was actually really good. With the sun-dried tomato pesto, it kind of just makes somebody who doesn't like tomatoes think that they're not eating tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, I used to hate sun-dried tomatoes because my mom loves them and so she used to put them in everything and that was definitely an acquired taste as I got older but now I love them. Like any kind of pesto pasta with chicken, throw some sun-dried tomatoes in there. Mm, so good. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that's it. It's a pretty easy pasta dish. So what are you making, Alexis? So I am going to do something a little different. I feel like we don't do a lot of dessert recipes. So I'm going to do warm cinnamon apples. This is just a Southern living recipe. Can't go wrong. So I'm going to list out the ingredients. You're going to need four red apples peeled and sliced. It's going to be about two pounds worth if you want to weigh it out. A half a cup of firmly packed light brown sugar. One teaspoon ground cinnamon. Fourth teaspoon ground nutmeg two tablespoons of water, and one tablespoon of butter. So you're going to toss together the apples, the brown sugar, cinnamon, and nutmeg into a large Ziploc plastic bag. I just use Tupperware. I mean, you can do whatever, but just toss that around. Make sure that the apples get nice and coated in all of the ingredients. After that is nice and coated, you're going to cook the apple mixture, two tablespoons of water, and one tablespoon of butter in a medium saucepan on medium heat. Just stir occasionally after about eight to 10 minutes, the apples will be good and tender. Um, So just check the apples after a little bit and see how they're looking. That's 
honestly it like that that's it yeah <laughs> it's really really good um if you like you can add some little like granola on top you can always add extra like caramel or something if you want to drizzle that on top of it as well just to give it a little extra sweetness um it is so easy and it's delicious yum that sounds so good i love like cinnamon apple desserts i always 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 have like apple pie just regular cinnamon apples oh yeah that sounds mm-hmm. so good um and it's always good when you go to like those just mom and pop southern diners and they have the warm apple crisp de- desserts mm. that stuff yes. is so good so now it's time for what is going on in the book world. Madison, tell me what in the world is going on. <laughs> First, we have a little spoiler. We are doing our next book that we're going to read is It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. Yay. And this book is everywhere, everywhere, everywhere on my personal Instagram, on my bookstagram, on Facebook. It's everywhere. It's like the only book I've seen anywhere. For real, when I was at the beach, that is the only thing that people were reading at the beach. Yeah. Okay. So it ends with us by Colleen Hoover. It's actually going to make, it's expected to make its debut on the big screen in 2023. We don't have a ton of information on it yet but we do know that it is supposed to be adapted into a film i believe in 2023 and then more colleen hoover news it starts with us the sequel to it ends with us its publication date is october 18th 2022 so yeah maybe we'll be able to like fit that one into our october lineup oh my god you all should just go and comment on colleen hoover's instagram and be like Go on Books by Spoos for an interview. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, we need her. That would be I would amazing. I love to get to talk to her. That would be amazing. Um, so then what else do we have, Alexis? Uh, Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss is going to air on Hulu as well. I'm so excited for this one because you know what else is all over my freaking bookstagram page besides Colleen Hoover? A Court of Thorns and Roses. <laughs> Everyone, yeah, it is. Everyone is reading it, and I have been late to the train. I have not read it yet, and I need to. So I'm really excited that it's coming on Hulu too, because that's going to make me read it first. And yeah, for sure. Um, have you watched Outlander? Are you a big Outlander person? So I haven't. Um, I've heard great, wonderful things about it, but no, I have not ever watched it. Well, the showrunner for Outlander is going to be doing the show for a court of thorns thorns and roses so i think it's going to be absolutely beautiful i'm excited anything else happening in the world of books the last thing we have is heartstopper by alice oseman is now available to stream on netflix i actually have not read this book either or seen the series yet but i have heard great great things about it um and i've kind of seen it all over our bookstagram too so yeah i'm curious kind of what people think to how the book relates to the series i mean we've got a lot of stuff coming out on tv like book content like we've got it ends with us we've got a court of thorns and roses we have evelyn hugo coming out i mean we've got a lot of stuff building up i'm saying where the crawl dad sing just released Yes. Um, I actually have not seen the movie yet. Have you? I haven't seen the movie yet. I have plans to go see it next week, though. 
Okay, yeah. All right, cool. Then we'll need to hear your recap on the next episode. I've heard that it is a little bit different from the movie. So I'm interested, or I've heard that it's a little bit different from the book. So like, I'm interested to see what they changed to put it on the big screen. Yeah. Okay, well, cool. I'll report back. On part two of our episode, we will finish up our discussion on Breathless, bring you new cocktail and dinner recipes, and then we're also going to introduce our next book that we're going to be reading, even though it needs no introduction. So if you haven't already read It Ends With Us, um, there's no better time. So Yeah, I mean, if you haven't already read it, you can just, like, ask your neighbor, ask your best friend. I'm sure they've read it, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just borrow a book and then read along with us. So Perfect. I'm so excited. Well, Madison, this has been lovely. I will talk to you again soon. See you on the next one. See y'all on the next episode. Oh, and as always, follow us on Instagram. You can give us a five-star review. Let us know how much you love our book reviews and our recipes and our content. You can go to our booksbitesbooze.com to see our blogs. You can do all of the fun things. You know, give us a like, a share, a comment. We love it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.